Merry Christmas to everybody today. And uh, so thankful for you today. Seems like you guys are ready to celebrate on this Christmas weekend. And we've been in this series, God With Us. And uh, we've been talking about how God is with us even in our pain, even in our waiting, and even in our anxious thoughts. And uh, so today, I, I want us to look at a big cornerstone belief that we have. And, we, and it's special to us, and I hope it's special to you today. Um, and I, I'm gonna be reading from Matthew chapter one, verse 18 today, to uh, kind of look at this cornerstone belief that we have. Uh, Matthew chapter one, verse 18, looking at this special Christmas story from Matthew 1. Verse 18, we read, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to date Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin who will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So today, we know that we celebrate what Christmas really is all about, and that is the incarnation. The incarnation, and that's those last few words right there. God with us. Now, I went to look and see what that big word incarnation meant. That sounds like a, like a Christianese word, a big old Bible word. So I went to Wik, the, the Wikipedia to find out what uh, incarnation looked. I thought that was a place to start. That's where a lot of people start. Here's what it says. In Christian theology, the doctrine of the incarnation holds that Jesus, the preexistent divine logos, and the second hypostasis uh, of the Trinity, God the Son and the Son of the Father, taking on human form and human nature, was made flesh, conceived in the womb of Mary, the, the Theotokos, that's the God-bearer. The doctrine of the incarnation then entails that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully human. His two natures join in hypostatic union. Okay, we're still back where we started, aren't we? Now, the incarnation really means God, God became flesh. We, we, we see this secondarily again in another very clear uh, biblical reference. And that is in John 1, verse 1, where we read that 
in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, we see that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us. That's what was happening when Jesus was born. The Word became flesh, the incarnation of God himself. Jesus began his public teaching and, uh, and all his recorded miracles, yet he never traveled more than 200 miles from his birthplace. And Jesus' key messages, maybe you've heard of them. Because when you think about God with us, what was it that Jesus taught us? That God loves you and is with you. That, that we're supposed to love one another. That Jesus' message to us was that there was immense value to every person. The good news is that the kingdom of God has come to the earth. The reality of judgment to heaven or hell, and that God forgives those who ask. But the incredible thing of what it means that God is with us in learning what God wants us to know, but also what Jesus did. He started with turning the water to wine. All the miracles that Jesus, all the, the, the he cured blind people, someone from birth, and, and then at Bethsaida, and you remember Bar Bar Bartimaeus. Do you remember him? Do you remember the, the healing of all the people that were blind? Do you remember that he touched lepers? Jesus touched lepers. That's what it meant, that God was with us when he touched them. And he touched paralytics. When you think of the, bull, the pool at Bethesda. You think about healings. We remember the person with the withered hand and the centurion's servant. When you think about other healings, you also think about exorcisms. Seven times Jesus healed someone who was demon-possessed, the young person uh, that was mute, and the Gentile mom who's, who was, and, and, and Jesus healed and, and, and literally uh, did so many exorcisms. Remember all the, the several stories of the resurrection of the dead, the story of Jesus uh, 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 healing and raising Jairus' daughter and then Lazarus from the dead. Jesus had control over nature. That's what it was to have God with us. He turned the water to wine, the catch of fish, the walking on water, the feeding of the multitudes, he touched lepers. He befriended prostitutes. He ate with sinners. He loved all those who religious people rejected. That's what it was to have God with us. And the more he loved and the more he did, the more they hated him. The religious leaders and those in power hated him, but he just kept loving. 
Love isn't what he did. Love was who he was. He had good friends, the disciples, whom he loved. And the one he was so close to, Peter, betrayed him. Jesus was betrayed by a kiss from Judas in the pain of the garden. He sweat drops of blood, and Jesus went to the cross. The cross is the worst thing that you and I can imagine. They beat him until he, wasn't, he didn't even look human. And then when he was in at the cross, if you just look at the cross, we have two crosses here in our room. You think about that. Because in modern day, it would be as if we would have an electric chair over here. It was a place where people were executed. And he died a horrible death. But on the third day, the women came to the tomb and the stone was not there. And neither was he. Over 500 witnesses witnessed Jesus. He returned from the dead those three days later. And over 40 days journey, all over, and all those witnesses saw him. And then he gave these famous last words. And I want you to hear his famous last words to us. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then here's his last sentence. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I want you to note and I want you to remember those words. I am with you always. God is with us. Before he ascended into heaven, he said these words, Lo, I am with you always. I want to encourage you. God is with us. Jesus is always with us. I want to assure you that he is Emmanuel, God with us. He is Emmanuel not only at Christmas when we celebrate this, but he is with us 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, always. He said, I am with you. I never come to Christmas without thinking about the people around me that are lonely or troubled at this time of year. I see it as I go shopping. I see it as I even come to church. There are people that are troubled here this morning. You might be lonely, but I want you to know this today. Christmas is God's reminder that we are not alone. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's brought you to this point in your life, you are not alone. And I hope that this Christmas reminds you that we are not alone. God has come down from heaven to tell us that he loves us. And that's why Jesus has come, was because of his great glory, Christ died for us. 
He's here to give us hope, to forgive our sins, to give us a new song, to impart faith, and to heal our spiritual wounds so that we would live a life that glorifies God. That's what you were created for. You were created to have a love relationship with God that glorifies Him. We often have an idealized, kind of romanticized picture of the days leading up to the coming of Jesus. In this passage that I read to you, we sort of have this peace on earth, goodwill to men, everything's fine, and everything was just very calm and peaceful. But the news that Jesus was coming stressed everyone out. To Mary, she was confused and worried. An angel had, had told her that she would give birth to the Son of God. She didn't know what would happen to her engagement. Her future seemed bleak. Joseph. Joseph was hurt and brokenhearted. He, you see his intentions in what we read. Uh, his fiance had told him she was pregnant, and he felt hurt and cheated on, and he thought, I'll just quietly do something about this. The shepherds were afraid. That's the first thing out of the angel's mouth. Do not be afraid. They saw a bright light and watched the angel appear out of nowhere. The wise men were exhausted. They traveled a long way. And you may feel confused. You may feel hurt. You may be, feel afraid. You may be exhausted right here this morning. What does this Christmas story say to you? And here's what I want you to encourage you with. All of those people I mentioned in this story had one thing in common. They turned to God. They turned to God. They did what in the Old Testament from Joel, chapter, uh, when I look at it, chapter 2, verse 13, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. No matter what you're going through, God loves you. And when you turn to him, he won't turn away. That's the beauty that God is with us. The incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us. At Christ's coming, everyone of the characters that we see in the story is they all look to God to meet every need they had. And God was there for Mary. God was there for Joseph. God was there for the shepherds. He was guided the wise men. And he'll be here for you too because his words as he ascended to heaven were, lo, I am with you always. I don't want you to forget that today. He'll be with you. God knew you before you, every part of you. He knew that you would be here this morning. He planned to get your attention just a few seconds here. I, and his message to you is that he loves you and he's been waiting for you to love him back. I, uh, I have the, uh, if, if you gave me a, a Christmas gift and I didn't open it, would that kind of make you upset, wouldn't it? I mean, if you took the time and the effort to give me a gift and I'd never opened it, would that frustrate you? Well, I, I have the first gift of Christmas here with me this morning. So I'm just going to give it to somebody over here in the wings, all right? I did not plan this in the 
I want to give you this gift this morning. Here you go. First gift of Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. So here we are. You're a very polite person, aren't you? Because she would do what most people would do. We'll open this later when we get home. That's sort of the polite thing. And so that was what we expect. But no, go ahead and open it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you permission to open it. It's the magic bullet, everyone. Yes, it chops, it dices, it slices. Yes, it does. Merry Christmas to you. Okay, I hope that helps today. Isn't that kind of our modern day Christmas, isn't it? Now, she was polite in that she didn't want to open that. But you know what? I want to encourage you that God has given you a gift God is with us, but if you don't ever open the gift, then that, that's what's, it's disappointing. It would be a worthless gift if I never opened it because I don't receive the benefits of a gift I never open. Jesus Christ is God's Christmas gift to you this season. Some of you have gone Christmas after Christmas after Christmas and never opened the best Christmas gift you ever received. And that is the gift of God's salvation. Why even celebrate Christmas if you're not even gonna open the biggest gift you've ever been given? It doesn't make sense to leave an unwrapped gift uh, of your, of, of your past being forgiven, a, a purpose for, your, for life and a home in heaven. It just doesn't seem right. And God has made a way for you this Christmas to be right with him. And so I come to you today, Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, by entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, to set us right with him because Jesus came, we have it all together with God because of our master, Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you today. I want you to be encouraged that the greatest gift we have ever been given. Now, culturally, we all kind of celebrate Christmas with gifts. But today, I want you to receive that gift and to receive the gift of Jesus if you've never done that. So I wanna ask you right now, everybody here, to bow your head with me right now. And I want you to pray this prayer with me if you've never done that. You could just say this prayer with me. Dear God, I don't understand all of this, but I thank you that you love me and I thank you that you were with me even when I didn't recognize it. I thank you that you are for me and you, 
didn't send Jesus to condemn me, but to save me. Today, I want to receive the Christmas gift of your son. I ask you to save me from my past, my regrets, my mistakes, my sins, my habits, my hurts, and my hang-ups. Save me from myself. I ask you to save me for your purpose. I want to know why you put me on this planet. I want to fulfill what you made me to do. I need you peace with me. And I make peace here with you, God. I need you to put your heart, your peace into my heart. I need you to take away the stress and fill me with your love and help me to be a peacemaker and help others find peace with you and each other. In your name, I pray, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, then today Christ comes into your life and he abides with you and he lives in you. And I want you to also, if you're here, and I want you, if you've given your life to Christ, maybe you did that years and years ago, I want to go back to Matthew, the very last words of Jesus. And I want you to recognize what he said to us. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Christ is calling you not just to give you this Christmas gift, to be a part of what he's doing. And I want to challenge you at Christmas for us as a people that God's not done with us yet to be very sensitive to the people around you, to, not, to know that God is with us and that God also wants to use you to be a part of what he's doing. In these days of rage, in these days, uh, days of bickering and complaining and great emotion, I want you to build your life on the rock and to be a part of what God is doing. There seems to be nothing but rage happening all around us. God with us makes all the difference. That God is with us. People need to see and to hear this good news. I pray today that if you've given your life to Christ today, or whether you did it 50 years ago, you'll realize that God is not done with you yet. How will they ever know unless you tell them, unless you invite them? And we live in a culture where so many people, we have stopped as Christians sharing the good news. What is wrong with us? I wanna challenge you to be a part of what God is doing. So many people think that, hey, Johnny, that's what we pay you to do. That is poppycock. That is not true. Yes, I am called to do that by God. God has called me to be a part of that. But he is also, he is calling every person here to be a part of that. I pray that there'll be a renewed sense of calling on your life, that this whole celebration that we're having, where we're saying, 
God, the incarnation, Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus has come. Folks, I am grieved that we almost are all living in the Christian secret service. It's like we're all in some kind of a, a, a hiding or something. God is calling us to live as salt and light in a dark world. Stop complaining about a dark world and turn, let your light shine. Talk to people about the good news. And I'm not talking about us being haughty. I'm talking about us being called to be because God is with us. Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. God is with you. And folks, you are talking and seeing people that I will never see or talk to. God is calling you to just, maybe it just starts with a small seed or whatever it is. Maybe it starts with a card from your bulletin. Maybe it just starts in some way. I want to challenge you today to live according to the reality that God is with us. And I pray today that you know and you'll walk in that and that you'll be a part of that. And if you know Jesus, then go out and make a difference. There's a lot of people that don't know the Lord. You're bumping into people all the time. You have people in your family that are not walking with him. Live with a smile on your face, with assurance that God is with us. I pray that that simple message, Emmanuel, God is with us, the incarnation, that simple, that that this Christmas will re be a reminder of God's greatest Christmas gift ever. So let's live in that reality. Let's live in that. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I thank you so much for the good news of Matthew 1 and John 1. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it's true. And thank you, Lord, for every person here where we've been able to hear it. Father, I pray today that you would help us to know you and live in this reality the rest of this week and the rest of our lives, Lord. Help us, Lord, to know not only your goodness, but also your salvation. Help us, Lord, to be a part of what you're doing. Lord, I pray that your words would ring in our ears today. Lo, I am with you always. Lord, that great promise, Lord, I pray that that would be in our ears as we go from this place. In Jesus' name, amen.